Hey, I'm Kimberly. And I'm Summer. And this is The Kids Are In Bed. We are two new moms who just had babies in 2020. During that time, we leaned on each other, our limited community, and the internet. We want to share our experiences and knowledge with you guys and hopefully entertain you a little. What better time to discuss babies, sex, pregnancy, and just life than when the kids are in bed. And we're back again. Every single week we come back. Sometimes it's like a miracle (laughs) that we make it when we're trying to balance life and schedules and everything. But Summer, how has your week been this week? This week has been, I feel like it's been like a tornado, (laughs) but it's calming down, which is great. Um, You know, just, I I swear my kids are just always sick. It's that time of the year. So we were at the doctor's office like three times this week. And just lots of fun, lots of fun doctor. I don't know about you, but doctor's appointments stress me out. They stress you out, like sometimes the yes. waiting, the waiting room stresses me out. Well, with Rowan, it stresses me out because he's like bored as all get out, and then I get him in the room and we're waiting, and I'm like, he just wants to crawl around, and I'm just like trying to control him on this little bed. So I don't know. My week yeah. has just been weird. <laughs> We usually do good in the doctor's office until you're in the room and then you're waiting the like 20 minutes for the doctor to come in. And then by the time they're there, they're just falling apart. And you're like, you should have come 20 minutes ago. I had a different child 20 minutes ago. (laughs) See, Rowan's always like super happy when the doctor walks in and like he'll be totally fine. Like she's checking him, whatever. The moment she lays him down, though, it's over. Like, he's just screaming bloody murder. She's not even, like, doing anything. It's just the laying down part. I don't know. Well, he knows now. He's been to the doctor so many times. He knows the drill. (laughs) Like, they're going to lay me down and feel my tummy. Yeah. Poor guy. But it's it's been fine. What about you? We have also been in and out of the doctor's office once a week for the last, like, three weeks. And yesterday found out that one of Logan's ear tubes came out. So he has one in and one out. And so we have an appointment at the end of November for him to see his ENT. Mm -hmm. But I'm like panicking, sweating bullets until we get there because he's already had two pretty bad ear infections Mm -hmm. since his last set of tubes went in. So now I'm like and now it's like six Mm -hmm. season. And so I'm just really like hoping that we can make it until then. But and then that means another surgery. And so I'm just like. That felt yeah. a little bit defeating to hear yesterday. The tubes, they kind of just put in. It's like a quick in and out, though, right? They don't have to, like, sedate and stuff, right? No, you have to. You're, oh, you're fully sedated. You have to go Aww. all the way under. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Poor and guy. then there's a, you have to wean off of all the anesthesia and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's, you know, you're mm-hmm. still sending your baby into a little operating room yeah. with a tiny gown on. And I think no matter how many times you do that. It's still hard to do. So not looking forward to that, but we'll see what happens. Poor guy. I know. But on a brighter note, we have a special (laughs) guest with us here this week. We have Jackie, who has an Instagram account called Buy With A Little Help. And gosh, I don't know, maybe two years ago, probably since I was pregnant with Logan, ran into Jackie's Instagram account and have kind of been connected ever since learning all kinds from her so welcome Jackie thank you thank you guys for having me I'm so excited 
we are excited to have you here. <laughs> we feel like you're a little bit of an Instagram celebrity. Yeah. God, I'm so honored. <laughs> uh, and let's be honest, like we both have used your page as like a great, great resource. Oh, yeah. Everything. Like, I'm pretty sure I check there before I buy things a lot of the time, just to like double check. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> that means a lot. Honestly, the reason I do it is just to kind of share the knowledge and um, all the random millions and millions of products there are for babies and moms <laughs> and people in general, um, just kind of find a way to like narrow it down, but with help from other people, because I clearly don't have everything. Uh, but so many people have such good input and information. It's been really yeah. helpful for me too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, why don't you, we will get into your Instagram account because I think there's a lot of really cool stuff to talk about and share. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so like you said, my name is Jackie. I live in Baltimore, but I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. And I have two kids, Brooke, who just turned three, and Jake, who is five months. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a general dentist. Those are, I guess, the pertinent points yeah. of my life these days. <laughs> That's so it. awesome. Um, when you and your husband first got married, were you guys always planning to have kids? Yes, but... It's interesting. My parents, um, they got married and were married for 14 years before having kids. Oh, wow. um, Scott and I met when we were 22. And then we had Brooke when I was 32. So it was almost like 10 years, but we didn't get married till several years after we met. But it was kind of like down the road. We were just enjoying ourselves and having fun. Um, and yeah. then we kind of were like, you know what, we're ready to like not go out as often and have kids like ready to kind of settle down. And that's when we decided um, to have Brooke. <laughs> oh, that's so it. awesome. Yeah. Did you feel like prepared when you had Brooke with your first? Um, you know, it's funny now that we have Jake, I feel like my memories from Brooke are so distant, even though <laughs> they were like less than three years ago, even with Jake, he's five months and, those first few months are almost like a distant memory because everything's just like crazy. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely had no idea what I was doing. I was very fortunate that I guess in our friends group, we were not the first to have kids. So we had other friends with experiences who maybe were even having their second kid when we had Brooke. So mm. one of my best friends was having her third when I had Brooke. They're two days apart. And she Aww. walked me through so many things because we were doing everything at the exact same time. But she had two kids worth of knowledge behind that. Um, so things like putting your child on a schedule or, you know, things that I had no idea. I remember the first day I was home with Brooke by myself and I sat on the couch all day, like holding her all day. And I wrote in a Facebook forum that I was in and I was like, I don't understand. Like, how do I do anything? Yeah. <laughs> how do I, how do I like do the laundry or the dishes or eat or whatever? And someone was like, actually many people were like, you just kind of enjoy it and embrace it. Like start watching TV and just watch a lot of TV. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because I, I kind of needed someone to tell me that, like just to not feel the burden to do all the things you feel like you have to do and kind of to sit yeah. and enjoy it. Um, without hearing that, I don't 
I don't think I ever would have done that. I would have felt guilty like the whole time. Yeah. Then I just started watching a million shows and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great. Um, but yeah, literally like my friend helped me understand that there was a schedule. And then if your child's on a schedule, you could kind of know like they're going to nap around this time. You'll have time to shower, eat mm-hmm. or this or that. And that was immensely helpful. But yeah, by my, on my own, I really didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Same. I feel like I felt <laughs> that exact same way. I feel like that's what social media really brought me and like in my parenting journey, like knowing like how to feed your baby or mm-hmm. put them on a schedule or knowing what's like developmentally appropriate. I think like without that knowledge, I would have just I would have done things very differently and probably yeah. not in like a good way, <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. you know. But having that knowledge from other people was like so eye opening and it really made like those first couple months enjoyable when you like Mm -hmm. know what to expect and you like end up learning what's going on because those first couple months are brutal with your first baby you're like I don't even know what to do I remember the first time I put on my like breast pump was like after we got home and then I didn't even know how to turn it on or the parts or like Mm -hmm. nobody teaches you anything until you're there and you're like uh oh my gosh so what now I remember that too um Mm -hmm. it was almost a month out we had a wedding so I needed to have like milk for Brooke yeah Yeah. and I said to Scott I was like I have no mental capacity to learn anything right right now I was like I'm gonna need you to teach me this and he literally (laughs) read the manual and put the parts together and taught me how to pump yeah Yeah. that's That's awesome go ahead I remember putting the pump together and like turning it on and it wasn't working. Like there was no suction. I remember just like bawling. It was like, David, I don't know what to do. And I need to pump right now because I'm going to explode. And I'm like, (laughs) you're like mentally are so exhausted and emotionally. You really have no capacity to do that. I know. Turns out we were missing a part completely. So (laughs) that's why it wasn't working. But (laughs) it took a lot of tears for us to figure out what was going on. And those yeah. pumps are not easy sometimes. Sometimes there's a lot of pieces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, you're, what you're doing. And, mm. yeah. fun. fun times, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think there's like a point. I, I feel like somewhere between like month one and two. I can't even remember specifically. But, you know, at the beginning, you have some adrenaline going. You just had a baby. <laughs> you're exhausted. But you're like, okay. And then a few weeks in, you're like, I am so exhausted. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I remember I took Jake to his, I guess, around one month doctor's appointment. And he was like doing great, like gaining weight, whatever, but he wasn't sleeping well as no baby is at that time. And we're wearing the masks, of course. So the doctor can like only see your eyes. And yeah. I always wonder, like, do my eyes look crazy? Because <laughs> <laughs> I swear she asked me four times that visit. She's like, are you doing okay? And I was like, Scott, if she asked me one more time, I was like, going to break down. Like, I was like on the verge of just like holding it together. <laughs> uh, I love Yeah. I'm glad that the pediatricians do check on moms, though, because I feel like, I don't know, with mine, I feel like she was a little therapist at one point with my second. Because <laughs> I'm like, he's not, well, mine was having feeding issues. And so that I wasn't really sleeping. And she's like, so how are we doing, mama? And we like talked for like nice. 10 minutes. So sometimes, you know, those pediatricians become little therapists (laughs) well it's crazy because you see them like several times and you don't see your doctor till six weeks yeah and so much happens in between then 
Like someone needs to be checking up on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get to that six week appointment. They're like, how are you? You're like, good. Like holding back the tears. You're like, I'm great. I'm doing really well. And they're like, okay, see you like in a month for your annual. Uh, like, go ahead and have sex and start exercising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. you're just like, I'm falling apart. But all right, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just what I needed to hear. Yeah. <laughs> But I think for me, like the only way that I survived the transition to motherhood is community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the best for part sure. was that I've been able to follow Summer because she had Ruth two months to the day <laughs> from when I had Logan. So when I needed to figure things out, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I could always look to Summer or, you know, to the other people, other moms, especially through social media, to feel like I was not alone and to find yeah. answers because I had no answers to anything. I like right. I was always like sinking. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I just need like a little, little help. And then you get yeah. online and there it is. You're like, thank you. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you spiral the other direction. <laughs> you know, both work. If not, then I'm like texting Kim, like I'm, I'm freaking out. What do I do? Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's all good. So knowing that every mother around you is silently freaking out does bring some reassurance. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I will say one comment I wanted to make about the doctor's appointment when you were mentioning at the beginning, I feel like every time I go now to the doctor's appointment, like you're, you're trying to manage your child and then they're giving you this information. And I'm like, I think I heard, heard and remembered one thing that you told me. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> it's so difficult. I leave there and Scott's always like, what'd they say? And I'm like, um, well, <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah, it's so hard. It's hard to so. hard for your brain to just take in all these different things and do the right things with all those pieces of information. Yeah, I've had to like start every time because mine ends up on like I don't know like Benadryl or medication or whatever. Anytime there's a an amount, I'm like, I need you to write that down for me really quick because right. I'm gonna forget it. <laughs> so yeah. now the doctor just knows. She just writes it on the slip and hands it to me because I'm like, they I'm should. Like, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna remember that when we walk out. This yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I always find in the car ride there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask this, this, this. I have like five questions and sometimes I even have it on my phone. And then by the time they get there, they're like, any questions? I'm like, no. No. (laughs) And then I call David and he's like, so what they say about this? And I'm like, I didn't ask. He's like, why? (laughs) Because I just couldn't. Like there was no time. I like just my brain just left my body. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel exactly the same way. It must be universal. (laughs) Yeah. What has been the best part of motherhood for you so far? The love. Mm. That's um, a good answer. <laughs> oh, good. I, it's interesting because there's so many stresses and this and that. And Jake is now five months. So, you know, for the first four months, they're sort of blobs and yeah, they're not offering that much. I personally am not big on like the newborn phase. Um, I just don't love naps on me and this and that like I don't know I just want a little bit more and now that he's five months he smiles like across the room at us and yeah he like kind of grabs your face and I don't know all these little things that just make you feel so rewarded to be around him and I yeah. love coming home and these people are so happy to see you I mean Scott's happy <laughs> to see me too <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I have three people that are happy to see me and they might be even happier than Scott <laughs> yeah it's really nice. 
Yeah, I agree. I remember like when Logan was little and people were like, oh, this is so great. And I was like, I didn't like I felt super connected. But like until he started smiling, that's when I was like, "Okay, like this is why I'm doing this. Like once I started getting that affection back, it was like, "Okay," like that's when like motherhood got a lot easier for me when I it was reciprocal or it felt (laughs) reciprocal in that way. Definitely. Do you feel like you're, this is kind of rushing ahead, but do you feel like your newborn stages between the two were different or were they pretty similar? I don't really remember now, like Brooke's newborn (laughs) phase well. I found a note that I had written to her in her baby book and it said something like, I didn't expect to love the newborn phase, but I do. And I remember when we would be out like walking and people would come up to us and talk about the baby. We'd be like, oh, we love this age. We don't want her to get any older. And I felt like we were saying that from day one, like mm. with Brooke and with mm. Jake. Now, now I really am enjoying him a lot. I really, really like this five to six month age. And I think I'll like the rest of them as well. But at the beginning, I was kind of like, I can't wait for him to get older and do mm-hmm. more and interact with Brooke and be a little bit more of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think I think there was some discrepancy between Brooke as a newborn and him as a newborn. But it's also when it's your first, it's all you're focused on. It's all mm-hmm. you know. And then when it's your second, you're like, I have this other child doing all these things who also needs my attention. But <laughs> yeah. this one's not doing anything. So <laughs> it's different. Yeah. And it's weird. It's a guilt. Like it took me a long time to even feel comfortable talking about it because I felt like I hadn't really heard people talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. is this just me feeling this way? Like, am I the only one who's not really connecting with this newborn child or not enjoying this time? And then, you know, I would slowly bring it up to friends. And mm-hmm. it seemed like almost everyone felt something along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really refreshing to talk to people about it. I feel like sometimes the honesty factor gets overlooked. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's usually, you know, it's right when you go back to work you really start enjoying being with the baby and then (laughs) yeah then then you gotta go but yeah yeah that's the tricky part right there going back to work but yeah mine were weird my newborn phases because I felt like my first one I was just like so stressed out I didn't know what to do and then the second one I was like more calm not ease Mm -hmm. but I definitely felt the guilt of like well Ruth needs me right now but he's literally attached to my body so I don't know (laughs) like that balance is really tricky really yeah tricky. I we went to a one-year-old birthday party yesterday and I remember like when Logan was one thinking like he was so big and he had grown so much and like he was this mm-hmm. little person that was developing and now looking back I'm like oh gosh at one like they still can't do anything like yeah some of them some one-year-olds aren't walking yet they're not really talking they're not independent and so now that I have like a relatively independent two-year-old it's like man going all starting all the way back at the beginning like that has to be hard because you kind of lose some of that independence I was telling David the other day I was like I like just you know Logan's old enough you can put him in the car and you can explain things to him and you can go out and you're not having Mm -hmm. to like schedule all of these things there's more flexibility in naps and like when you start over like you're starting all the way over and you kind of like lose that independence again. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a little terrifying. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my big like issue of like, oh, wait, we can't do this. And we can't do that. Cause like, I don't know, especially for us, like their naps never lined up for like the longest time. Like now they do. But at first it was like, Rowan goes down, Ruth wakes up, Ruth goes mm-hmm. down, Rowan wakes up. And it was like, can't go anywhere really, unless we want meltdowns later. It's a yeah. fun time. So they're really cute. what were some of the hardest parts for you entering into motherhood um I think probably learning to balance everything and also kind of the new normal at home between my husband and me and what we were doing but also finding time for each other Mm -hmm. which now especially with two I think it's so hard to find time for each other we try to take little trips here and there we're fortunate we have some family in the area who can help watch the kids so we're able to get away but I just feel like at home first of all the kids always need us like yes I'm feeding Jake and then Brooke Mm -hmm. needs me (laughs) always when I'm feeding him and then just in general she kind of constantly always needs something or she's talking and then by the time they go to sleep we have a million things to do before bed and then yeah. I get in bed and even then we're like, oh, let's watch something. And I fall asleep like five minutes later. I used to be the one that stayed up so late. And now I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of balancing that. I we, I just talked to a mom who has her third. Um, she just, I think the baby's eight weeks old. And she's like, yeah, this didn't happen with my second. She's like, well, with the third now, I just like leave dishes in the sink and don't clean up and don't do this and don't do that. Like some things are more important than others. And I still am so crazy about like having a clean house and Mm. not leaving stuff out. And sometimes I'm like, can't I just get past that and like, let that go. (laughs) Like maybe if I had three, I don't know, but just finding a balance and asking for help more. I'm not good at always asking for help or saying what I need. Mm. Um, And Scott's really great. He's, he's there for me. I think I just you know, the more we talk about it, the more we figure out how to work better together, managing everything. (laughs) It's a lot to manage. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, my husband and I just had this conversation of like, okay, what is the priority tonight? What actually needs to be done? And what like, do we mentally need to actually do? It's a big it's a big change. Like, I don't know, like our kids both weren't in bed until like seven thirty eight last night. And it's like, well, I need to go to bed now, but there's so many things, so many things. It's tricky. It's yeah. Tricky. yeah. I know. Cause after a long day, you're working, you get home, you do dinner and bath and bed. And then we live in a two story house. And so all of our bedrooms are upstairs. So by the time Logan goes to bed I walk to my bed and I just lay there and I'm like (laughs) give me the will to go downstairs and do dishes and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. but I find like okay if it doesn't happen that night and I fall asleep at eight o'clock then I wake up in the morning like panicked like now I have to do all of this stuff at 5 a.m to try and catch up and Mm -hmm. or then I do the dishes that night and then I'm tired. And so then I wake up in the morning tired and <laughs> it's just a cycle of like never ending work and expectations. And, you yeah. know, being a parent in general is just really demanding. Being yes. a wife and a mom, that balances. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> really tricky. Oh, I'm glad we're not alone though, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So tell you are a dentist. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Sure. I um went to dental school here in Maryland. And I've actually been working at the same practice since uh, I finished my residency, but I really love it in the sense that I get to do something sort of different every day. I'm not just, for me, I don't like to be sitting at a computer all day. I like to be like doing different things. And I'm always getting up and talking to different people and sort of solving different problems. When I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I shadowed a physical therapist. And the patients were really bitter at this place. I don't know why, (laughs) but they were, they were like, you want to come work with people who are hurting and ailing and like, we're not getting better. And then I shouted a dentist and he was like, you get to make people better immediately. Like you get Mm. to treat them. And in the same day, fix the problem. Usually, I mean, not always, but it can be really rewarding. And then you get to work with these same people over and over for years and years. Like I've been working with these families for 10 years and seeing their children literally grow. So it's really rewarding in those senses. Um, Just kind of a, it is sort of a a fun job at times. There's definitely stressors, but (laughs) overall it's enjoyable. I love it. Did So you knew that you kind of want to do something in the medical field? Is that? I thought I did. Uh, I didn't do well in chemistry my first year of college so I switched majors to accounting for a year Mm -hmm. I like math and then I had an accounting internship and I was like no this is not for me (laughs) so I went back and that's when I started shadowing different medical professionals um, and narrowed it down to dentistry but I didn't really have any idea that I wanted to do dentistry Um, I had braces for five years personally and I knew I did not want anything to do with that (laughs) (laughs) But dentistry was fine. So, and the person I shadowed was fantastic. So that's part of it too. Um, he really got me to like see the positive aspects of the career. Yeah. And we work four days a week, which is really nice. That is, that is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact about me. I hate going to the dentist. <laughs> yeah. I have I always just, I have always just been like, since being a kid, like always just had a lot of anxiety going to the dentist. Do you see a lot of anxious patients come in? Yeah. Yeah. People, there are a lot of people out there who don't like the dentist and none of them are afraid to tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always um, the one in the chair who's really tense and I have the best dentist and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm very clearly not okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, hard. Yeah. Um, what has it been like working as a dentist and balancing motherhood and, you know, working four days a week and then still trying to raise babies and then pumping at work, all of that? Oof. What is that like? Yeah. So, you know, it's always hard to go back to work. Um, that just thinking about going back to work was so like nerve wracking and upsetting. (laughs) I remember I had a big trip right before going back to work and I was so looking forward to the trip, but I was like, but that trip means I go back to work. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want it to happen because it, you know, and then you go back to work and you just, it's so weird. It's like riding a bike. 
like how things come back, even being gone for three, four months, however long you get, like, I find it so hard to believe that I just got back in that chair and remembered how to do everything and say everything and, um, just basically be a dentist again. But I do, I do enjoy the work and I think I'm not specifically cut out to be a stay at home mom. So for me, it's a good balance. I wish I worked less. I wish I worked maybe three days a week and then mm-hmm. maybe had like a day to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily That's... with the children, just a day yeah. for me to do things I need to do. Because right now that is the hardest, hardest part for me. I go to work, I leave at 7 a.m. I do have a long commute and that's frustrating in itself because I literally can't accomplish anything in the car except for maybe phone calls, which is great, but not beneficial to my life. Like if I had a car that drove itself, maybe I could do some things on the internet or something productive, but I have a long commute and then I get home and I immediately have to take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. They go to bed and I have to clean the pump parts, even just putting them in the dishwasher or something like that. It just takes time. There's always something. Mm-hmm. and make my lunch for the next day because I do pump at work. And if I don't have food, I don't have time to go out and get food. I'm literally going to starve to death. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that like literally making lunch for myself is such a priority. Plus making lunch for the kids um, and just getting everything ready. Then I finally get in bed and I'm like, well, I didn't have a chance to check my email or buy toilet paper, you know, silly mm-hmm. things, but things that just add up that I never cannot right now find time to do. Um, so a day to myself would be really wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I am on board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, think it's almost like we need a buffer, like an extra hour or something when we got home before we see the kids. But when you yeah. get home, you're excited to see the kids. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's tricky. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple times that I get home and I'll text David and I'll say, take Logan to the backyard and let me make dinner in peace. Like, I can't wait to see him. But like, if he's with me and making dinner, then it's going to go a lot slower and I can't do what I need to do. So just like take him so he doesn't see me. Right. Let me have 30 minutes to like decompress. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the hardest part for me is like, I'm working, I drive home and then immediately it's like on to the next job. And then the next one and the next one and the next one. And so Mm -hmm. I never have that time to decompress. So if I've had a particularly hard day at work, well, just kind of sits in me until eight, nine o'clock at night. And then I can't even like decompress then because I'm too tired. So it just kind of you're always running. There's always something to get done. So I agree. I would love that like hour buffer to like do what I need to do quietly alone and the yeah. same goes for my husband like he works with uh elementary kids all day and I work in an elementary school too but I work more with adults all day so I'm always having conversations so when I get home I want to talk to nobody and he gets <laughs> home and he hasn't had like an adult conversation all day and he, all he wants to do is talk to me and then Logan only wants to talk to me it's just like I need my time to like <laughs> decompress before I can handle any of you guys Right. See, and I'm David and I'm like, Ryan, I need to talk to someone because I can only <laughs> talk to five-year-olds or like whatever grade I've had that day. So I'm like, I need to talk to someone. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you've been pumping at work too. How's that been going? Yes. So when I started back at work, Jake was almost four months old. 
and I was, he was on a schedule, I think, where he was eating five times a day. Mm-hmm. So I initially tried pumping in the car on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Then I would pump twice at work, I think, and then on the way home. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like feed him or pump later. And it was too much. Mm. I, and literally I've spilt milk all over myself, yeah. like all <laughs> over my pants in the car and then had to work and see patients the rest of the day smelling like spilt milk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like patients are literally sitting in my lap and I, right. uh, so I've had all these things that just have not gone right with pumping at work mm-hmm. to the point that I'm like, am I cursed this year? Um, I just broke <laughs> the backflow protector in, in the flange, it broke off in the flange. I saw so that. So pieces awful. were broken and could not be used. Oh. Like, who does this happen to? Apparently it happens <laughs> to other people, but um, <laughs> it was bizarre. And I forgot my pump at home one day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's been a lot of um, kicks, I would say along the way, but I changed the schedule. I started feeding him solids earlier than we did with Brooke almost selfishly because I wanted to get him on a schedule where he wasn't nursing as often. So I didn't have to pump as often. Yeah. yeah. And that has been better, but it's still just a constant like stressor in the back of my mind mm-hmm. that I know that I'm like, I have to finish now so I can go pump. I have to. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a stressor. And I remember my first day back at work, I of course ran late with my procedures because it was my first day. And I was literally walking hunched over because I was so needed to pump and (laughs) you know the feeling when you're just like oh my god I'm like can people tell I'm so enormous right now yeah Yeah. so that has been hard it's better better with less pumps at work but it's still just a stressor in general it is and it's like a physical reaction that you're having too which I think is even harder like you can't like just put it off and put it off right because you're like in pain or uncomfortable it's just yeah Uh, My friend, I was talking to my friend who recently stopped pumping and nursing and she was like, you get your brain back after you stop. Like you're not really yourself and your body's not really your body Mm -hmm. during that full time. And I could not agree more. Yeah. That's, I was telling Kim before we started this, that like, I'm making it to a a year with Rowan and then I want to wean off because I'm like, I want my body back. Yeah, I, I'm like done with the stress of keeping. Well, for me, I'm like I got to keep my supply up, but I have to pump. But I have to like nurse and like all of the things. It's a lot to like mm-hmm. maintain, and it's kind of like you have to do it by yourself. Like your spouse can't really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can wash bottles and those type of things, but like that's all you, you know. And you've been right. sharing your body like the ten months before you start your pumping journey <laughs> yes. too. So like. <laughs> For any number of almost a year or more or less or however long you choose to do that, like your body is not just your own for quite some time. Right. Yeah. I feel like and even out. today, Brooke had dance class mm-hmm. and it ends at like 1115 and Jake eats at 1130. So <sighs> I was like, Scott, you take her and I'll just stay home with Jake and I'll beat him. But it's because in my head, I'm like, I know he has to eat. And even if I go with Brooke and I can enjoy myself and not be Jake, I still have to pump. Like I can't just mm-hmm. not do anything. Yes. So I'd rather just feed him, but it just becomes this burden of timing and activities. And a lot of times I have to send her off to do something with someone else just because it's easier for me to stay with Jake. Yeah. 
I think that's something with the transitioning from one to two that was really hard for me was I felt like I missed out on things with Ruth because I was like feeding Rowan or pumping or whatever. It was always really hard for me to be like, oh, we're at the zoo, but I have to go nurse. I'll be back. You know, that was the big eye-opening thing for me at the beginning that I really, I really struggled with, with balancing the two of like, he needs me, but I'm missing out on all these other things. It's a, it's kind of heartbreaking at times. Yeah. Yeah. But I totally get the wanting to nurse instead of pumping. <laughs> I did I did that this morning. Ryan was like, hey, I'll let you sleep in. Do you want me to give him a bottle or do you want me to feed or do you want to feed him really quick? And so he's like, just let me nurse him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay for it later. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> oh. But the commute to do you okay. The, I don't really ever talk to other moms that like pump a lot while driving. Did you find it? easier to pump while driving or like in your office okay so I hate I hate the pumping while driving I (laughs) thought it was going to be a great use of time Mm -hmm. and sure it is a use of time but there's annoying things so you have to buckle yourself in first if you use (laughs) Uh the traditional bottles (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes I put them on and then I'm like buckle in and I get so mad at myself I'm like and it's a simple act of just pulling it out and buckling in but it's just one more step and then when you're done pumping you have to cap the bottles yeah like while you're driving so I'm like okay hopefully I get a red light so I can just take this off and cap it otherwise I'm riding with these bottles just bouncing up and down and I you know I considered getting the pieces that go inside your bra but still mm-hmm. if you take those off you still have to put them somewhere that they don't spill. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like if I finish work 10 minutes early, I'm like, let me stay here and pump because I'd rather pump at work than pump in the car. Mm. Um, yeah, I really don't like the pumping in the car, but I've had other people tell me that they find it very relaxing. And it's nice for them. I don't know. That's my, I've had people say that. And I'm like, <laughs> I have spilled milk in my car. I have like had the, I had a cop one time yeah. pull up right, right next to me like window to window and it was super awkward and he like made eye contact and then like immediate looked away and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) see I loved pumping in the car (laughs) and partly I was like if I ever get pulled over like I'm gonna be pumping like this cop has to have some sympathy on me (laughs) yeah like I'm a working mom (laughs) and I'm pumping and like he's probably not gonna want to stick around too long for this so right in the back of my mind I was like if I get pulled over at least I'm pumping. Because, oh my god! Because <laughs> he probably feels more awkward than I do. Because at some point you yeah. realize like your boobs are out all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so kind of your like sense of decency is oh, gone anyway. Because sure. you're always you're always <laughs> half naked at home because you're pumping or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. See, I used to cover up in the car, and then I was like, this is an extra thing, and I'm hot, and I don't like it, and like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, just, I gave up on pumping in the car too. I was just like, I'm done. I will wait yeah. here and pump really quick, and then I will go. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Fun times. Um, speaking of dentistry, I know one of the tips that you had posted on your Instagram page was when you were brushing Brooke's teeth. 
And like the conversations that you would have to kind of make her a little bit more cooperative of like, oh, I see the broccoli in your teeth or whatever. We totally adopted that. And so we do that every night with Logan and it helps a lot. And the best part is like as he's brushing, he'll tell me what's in his teeth. He's like, look for this or, you know, so that has been a really good tip that we use at home all the time. Um, I love hearing that. (laughs) Yeah. And it because some nights are better than others. Some nights Logan is very into brushing his teeth and some nights we have to negotiate a little bit more but what are some of your tips on brushing your child's teeth knowing what you know about oral hygiene well we used to like try to sing songs or just make it as fun as possible for Brooke so that she'd be happier to do it I think we got really lucky with Brooke she's just a pretty easy kid overall so she doesn't give us that much of a struggle with brushing her teeth but definitely talking about the food in her mouth is for some reason <laughs> so compelling to her. Even now at age three, like it still works. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, way better than songs. <laughs> she loves talking about the food. And she likes the electric toothbrush. And we only started that maybe a few months before she turned three. They, they usually say to start the electric one around three, but I wish we had started it earlier. It's so much more effective at cleaning her teeth. I think the major reason they tell you to wait is because kids always want to brush their own teeth. And if they're too aggressive with an electric toothbrush, which kids have not much control over what they're doing, um, they could maybe like hurt themselves a little bit more. But Mm. I think as long as the parent is there and kind of overseeing everything that goes on, or maybe if you have the kid use the manual brush by themselves and then you follow up with the electric, the electric is really good. I mean, even for myself, I prefer the electric, but definitely... Yeah, it's way more helpful to clean Brooke's teeth. Well, so I'm gonna I, go and add an electric toothbrush to my Amazon <laughs> account as soon as we're yeah. done with this. Because, I mean, we do the just manual toothbrush right now, but um, I'm all about making sure Logan's teeth are, are clean, especially because, like, with his cleft, the amount of times people are in his mouth and looking at his mm-hmm. teeth and all of the above, I'm like, every time we go to the doctor, I'm like, okay. Logan, remember, everybody in the world's going to see your teeth for the next 18 years. So you got to make sure you take really good care of them. <laughs> um, so when we see his orthodontist, she always gives us make sure she's really good. So we always like we have to do this for Dr. Chu because we need to make sure we have the best teeth when we go for our checkups. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we'll definitely try. And that's part of the problem with Logan right now is when he gives us pushback, it's because he wants to brush his teeth. Mm-hmm. Right but he's not good at brushing his teeth. He just mm-hmm. will want to suck the toothpaste off. And we just put like the teeniest amount, but it it gets annoying because <laughs> there's just that power struggle. And so even if I let him brush his teeth, he only wants to do it. So right. And that's the when other the activities are do, helpful. <laughs> the other thing that we do is we use a fluoride-free toothpaste when I let Brooke brush her teeth. Uh huh. And then when I follow up with brushing, I use the toothpaste with fluoride. Oh, that's smart. another smart one. Yeah, I'm because they do like just worried. want to suck the toothpaste off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, that that's really smart. Yeah, that is very smart. How do you go about? Because this is my issue right now with Ruth is like flossing. How do you go about tips for that? Because she is, she wants to do it herself. 
and that's not working well. So right, Brooke also attempts to floss by herself, which is not effective flossing at all. But I just let her do that first, and then I follow up. But again, I think she is just a much easier kid than the average, especially with dental stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's she has two parents that are dentists, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something must have rubbed off on her. But um, she is pretty good about letting us floss her teeth. And I guess I would say like you could try holding your child more stable or something like there's that tactic that you use with the younger kids where you kind of have them in between your legs. Mm -hmm. But as they get older, I feel like they don't really take to that as well. They don't want to be restrained. Yeah. My child (laughs) child is very independent and she's like, I do it, mama. I do it. Yeah. So, but it's great that you guys are flossing your kids' teeth. That's wonderful. (laughs) Logan's favorite part about bedtime routine is the floss stick. <laughs> like he thinks that's like the greatest thing of all time. So <laughs> we'll take we'll take that. <laughs> we will, yeah. Ruth will like try to find them. And then we're like, where did you get that? And she's like walking around with it in her mouth. I'm like, this is terrifying. Just like in the back. <laughs> oh yeah. They love flossing. I wonder though, like if it's just like a fun toy for them, right? Yeah, like, I think those sticks are always appealing. Like even the parents that I see now that have teenagers are like, my teenagers are always taking it. Like people just love those little sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So much easier. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your Instagram account by with a little help. How did you get started? Why did you get started? What was that? Was it an accident? Was it purposeful? What, how did you end up where you did? So it's definitely purposeful. I remember over winter break, of 2019, I was with my family and I was talking to my sister and I was like, I have all this helpful information that all my friends have been sharing with me. And I just feel like a need to share it with other people. But I was really hesitant to start a social media account because you just worry that people are going to think funny of you or judge you or this or that. But right after that, COVID happened and Brooke was five months and dentistry was considered non-essential. So we were off of work for two and a half months and I was home with Brooke and I'm like, okay, I have all this time. I really should be using it to do something helpful. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start this account. And I had already on my like personal Instagram, I used to share reviews of random products that I had. And people were always like, Ooh, like more reviews, more reviews. So I was like, okay, I think there's a a want for this. people will be interested. And then it sort of evolved into this thing where I started doing help a follower out where people would ask me a question and I would share it to the stories and then followers could respond. And I, I don't know how I got the followers that I did, but (laughs) I have an unbelievable community of followers. The people who respond to these questions have such good answers, such good input like really, really great moms are following me and some really great dads, yeah. <laughs> really great people in general, because so many of these questions, I don't have any idea what the answers are, but the community is amazing. And that's, that's been the best part by far. I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Have you been able to uh, feel like you've made friendships like through the online community in that way or, you know, yes. that kind of experience? Yes. So at the beginning, I had talked to a few other people who had larger accounts 
And I'm like, what are your tricks to getting more followers? And they're like, oh, you have to really make friends with other accounts and always comment on other people's posts and this and that. And I, I was like, I don't do a good job at being fake and having these like fake relationships and fake positive remarks all the time. And also it's very time consuming to be doing that in addition to trying to post content and have a family and do all these things. Yeah. So I did not do a great job at that, but I will say I have followers who I have started making almost like friendships with just through our communications and messages and things like that. And I was just at the Ravens game last week and a girl came up to me and I was like, I feel like I know you, but I had never (laughs) met her, but we follow each other. (laughs) That has been really nice too. Um, Definitely have made some friendships. I mean, even with you guys, that was through Instagram. So (laughs) special. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. I think that's my favorite part about Instagram and like with our account for Logan, like his cleft account, like the friendships that we've been able to make and the bonds and relationships, like we've been able to meet so many people in person and like have these real connections that like you wouldn't be able to do otherwise, you know, right. <laughs> like being able to meet families from all over the world. Like yeah, it's such a amazing. cool experience to be able to share and like build a community of people where you share so much in common, where you're in the same like like vein of life like because when I remember when I had Logan like I was one of my only friends that was married at the time and so then now you're having a baby like you're in a very different Mm -hmm. time of life a very different so to have other people that you connect with that you're using the same products and you're liking the same things and you're sharing the same sleep schedules or you know, experiences, like it really makes a big difference when you have a community of people around you. Totally agree. So what is like, what have you learned the most or the most important thing that you've learned since starting your Instagram account? Mm, Do you mean, what have I learned? Like from having the followers or like just, um, your biggest tip, I guess, for being an Instagram like person? Hmm, that's a good question. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it, like later today, I'm going to be like, oh, I have a great answer to that. Let me come back. <laughs> but I, well, it seems like you're really authentic. <laughs> You are okay. <laughs> like, like you are like what you put out there is who you are, which is a really nice thing, because I think sometimes like I see all of these people on Instagram and they're just it's just highlight reels, right? Like it's all of the best parts. And I think what I really appreciate about your account is there are other moms out there who sometimes are like at the end of the rope and they really need an answer. <laughs> and so like your account can help offer advice to people who really need advice in the moment and it's just really real and authentic and I just that's what I noticed from you and just you know it feels natural yes (laughs) thank you because I do worry with Instagram that it is mostly like here's my child delightfully playing with this toy that's so entertaining and blah 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 and things are so great and it's definitely not always like that but then I also 
I'm, I don't always have the wherewithal when my children are screaming or crying to be like, let me record this and then share this later. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I try to be genuine, but I don't always know how that comes across. So it, it really does um, make a difference to hear that. So thank you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. How do you find the time in the day to post and to like keep up? Because I know like Summer and I even have the podcast Instagram account and it's, I mean, it takes like effort to be able to like come up with content and to be able to post and to be able to share things like in the middle of a crazy day. Like, how do you do it? I mostly do it in chunks of time. I don't really do it as it happens. Mm -hmm. I just find part of the day where I have even sometimes it's like an hour. I just keep going and going. I'm like, let me share this. Let me share this. But I will say that often when I have my coffee on the way to work, I get this like brain explosion where I'm like, I want to share this. I want to do this. I want to talk about this. And <laughs> yeah. the same thing kind of happens to me right before I go to sleep. And it's so frustrating because there's good <laughs> times that I really can't do anything, but I have all these ideas. Yes. And even <laughs> on my notes on my phone, I have so many post ideas that I've never gotten around to because especially now it's very, very hard to find the time. And a lot of times it's again, like takes away time from me just hanging out with my husband or something. Yeah. It usually takes time mm -hmm. away from something else. So I feel like now, especially when you look at my account, it'll be like three or four days with nothing. And then a day with like 20 stories. Cause I finally got a chance to get on there and share things I'm passionate about. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a hard balance. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know how bigger accounts do it and how they even have time to respond to all the messages. Because the funny thing is when I post something that gets a lot of messages, I get so excited. I'm like, Ooh, people care about this. This was a great thing to share. Yeah. I'm like, all these messages are coming in. And then I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these messages to read. I, I can't read them. Like I don't have time. And yeah. then I just put them off because I need to find a time that I can actually read them, respond, and then usually share the responses because I feel like a lot of people comment with such helpful feedback that I want to share it, but I need to have the capacity to just sit there for an extended amount of time to do it. Right. So, Definitely. Yeah. Oh, have man. fair fine balance. <laughs> have you dealt with uh, rude people or <laughs> any negativity through your account? So that's a crazy part because I definitely, definitely thought that I would with having any type of social media account. I just feel like there are mean people out there who are not afraid to bear it all on social media. Yeah. But I feel like maybe one or two comments in the two two plus years that I've had this account. And I don't even think they were necessarily that mean. They were just maybe contradicting something that I said, but, you know, in written messages, sometimes contradictions can come across a little accusatory or meaner than they're meant to be. But yeah. overall, I would say almost nothing. That's yeah, awesome. Which is incredible. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that you're so relatable and like mm -hmm. just the way that you share your life and then the content that you share. Like it's what people are there to see. Like the people that are there <laughs> want to be there because they either like you and, you know, the content you share about your personal life or the products you're sharing. So it's probably because you just run a really good positive account. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. 
it's really easy I, to I consider think. myself very lucky. <laughs> and I try to also do a lot of research before I share things. Mm. So it's not just information that could be incorrect. I really try to find the right information. Um, so again, thank you for saying these things. It really means a lot to me. Of course. Yeah, that's awesome. Do and you so, find like that it's something that could be lucrative down the road? So I actually think Instagram is such a a terrible way to have the information. I really, really personally like going on Instagram just when I have like a few seconds of time and looking at stories because they're quick and fast and easy to see. So I yeah. like that feature of it. But all the time I have people ask me questions like, where was this one thing you posted? I know you've posted this before. Where was this? Or what did you recommend? And I'm like, hmm, that could be one of my, in one of my four pumping highlight like yeah. things. And then I go through them trying to find them or I look through you know, on my Google photos, sometimes you can search for keywords or key things, but it's not well organized. And then when I go back to find those answers, I'm like, Oh my God, I have so much good information here that I totally forgot. about. (laughs) And I wish I, from the beginning had done a better job with having an actual blog or website because those are so much more easily searchable. Mm. And then I could compile the information differently. I think in the lucrative sense, you know, my husband's always like, you need to push for more followers. You you have so much information that you're sharing. It'd be better if you're sharing it with more people. Mm -hmm. And while I agree, yes, again, it's time consuming to get more followers. So I'd rather just share what I have and like let it organically grow, I guess. But the the (laughs) money that I get from now is when I share links or, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of stuff. And it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think maybe initially I was like, Oh, maybe I could make some money off of this. But I really initially was like, maybe I'll get some free products. Like I was (laughs) really excited to do unboxings. I I thought that was going to be like, so cool. Like, look what this company sent me. Let me unbox this. And now I've, I've probably like never even done an unboxing, but, um, yeah, it's more just an on the side thing that like, maybe I make a small amount of money that's just feels like good where I'm like, Ooh, I got a little Amazon credit to use now. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it makes, I guess it makes me feel like, okay, that time I put into it was, was a little yeah. worth <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um so I, go ahead. Go. Nope. You go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see like you do post your real life on there too, which I really appreciate. And something that I've seen you talk about is a nanny share. And so I'm just curious, like to know what is that like to have a nanny share? What does that look like? How do you even go about that? So a nanny share could be defined in different ways. The way we define it is that we have one nanny for two children. Mm -hmm. So she the nanny comes to our house and the other child is dropped off at our house. And then she watches both kids. Now we've done this with Brooke and now we're doing it with Jake. And when we've done it, we have slightly different hours than the other family, but it doesn't matter because the nanny is here and she can supply those hours. But what I really like about it is that my child gets some really nice care. That's, 
you know, just to him and one other child. So a lot of attention. Yeah. And the biggest thing for us is we both leave for work around seven o'clock in the morning. And there are almost no daycares or preschools around here that offer that early of a drop off. Mm-hmm. So when we even looked into that initially, we couldn't really find anything that works, but the nanny comes to our house. So not only do we not have to take our child anywhere, mm-hmm. but we don't have to pack lunch or pack bottles or dress them in the morning. Like we can literally just leave and it's yeah. so easy for us in that sense. And then come home and not have to pick them up. The child's already home. Yeah. Um, so it's been really nice. And I also, you know, right now the babies are so young, they're not doing much socializing, but as they get older, they're always socializing with another child. And I think yeah. Brooke like started walking because the little boy in her nanny <laughs> chair was walking and she saw that and she got into magnet tiles because the other kid was into that. So she learned a lot from him that maybe she wouldn't have even been exposed to had he not been in the nanny chair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. How do you, how did you guys find your nanny? Well, I was in a local Facebook group and they would post like, oh, I'm, we don't need our nanny anymore. Does anyone need mm-hmm. the nanny? And, you know, a thousand people jump on like, oh, we need it. We need it. We need yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had interviewed one of the nannies and loved her, but we didn't end up getting her. She took a job with someone else. So I contacted the girl who had given me that nanny's name. And I was like, that nanny didn't work out. Um, but please let me know if you hear of anyone else. And she's like, well, here are some names of other people I interviewed that I liked when, Mm -hmm. before we found that nanny. So I just started reaching out to everyone because I feel like the more tentacles you put out there, the better, especially when searching for a nanny, it's so hard. And one of the people that I called that she had talked to gave me the name of their friend. So it was so distant. It was like four degrees of separation. the crazy thing was we interviewed the friend and we really liked her and she went out to lunch with her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law works with my mother-in-law. Like it just oh, how funny. randomly happened that there was this connection. But I will say that anytime I looked for a nanny, like the nanny we have for Jake did, did not have that connection, but it was still just word of mouth. The biggest thing that's important to me is references, like talking to the references, making sure that they were really happy with the person um, just to get that peace of mind that we're getting someone that's going to be great. Cause it's one thing to meet the person and have a gut feeling, but it's another thing to talk to people who have worked with them. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, definitely. I was a nanny when I was in college for a family and they had three little ones and it was the best experience of my whole life. Like oh we God. got along so well and I was a nanny for them for years, almost six years. So <laughs> when the little, the little one was born. He was six months old when I started and I stopped when he went all the way to kindergarten. And so just being able to like raise these kids and be a part of their life, like it was so nice. But I remember like in retrospect, I was the 34th person that they had interviewed. Oh my gosh. A nanny. And I'm like, I've, so I've always loved the idea of nannies. I've always wanted a nanny in our house, you know, because I think especially for Logan, it's so much calmer and regulating and you can do so many different experiences when you're at your house and you have the comfort of your home. And like, I love that aspect of it and the one-on-one time. Um, But it's like, it's so hard to find somebody that you trust to like be Mm -hmm. with your child all day. And then now 
just like the cost of it and the convenience of a nanny. It's hard. And then I can't imagine interviewing 34 different people. Like, I'm sure that I would have given up way, way sooner <laughs> than that. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. So like finding the right fit, I'm sure has to be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then with a nanny share, finding another family that you feel comfortable with too. Yeah. Yeah. That's tricky. Yes. Yeah. I was did with a you friend know yesterday. The other family? They did. Um, we did not know either family before we did the share with them, but I sort of did interviews. I interviewed different families. Yeah. <laughs> people who were interested and we went with the people we liked the best and that, you know, maybe their hours or days meshed the best with us, but definitely went by feel. My friend yesterday said she did a nanny share with her neighbor and it didn't end well. And that's the second time I've heard that. It's like, you have to be a little careful and not do a friend or someone who's like immediately next door to you because if it doesn't work out, it's not yeah. great. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's hard. That yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Oh. But yeah. It sounds like a great experience though, if it works out well, like if it's all a great fit. It sounds yeah, really nice. Yeah, it was really, really great with Brooke. Um, because again, we had the nanny and then COVID happened and we still, the nanny still felt comfortable enough to come like a few days a week here and there. And there were a few other nannies in the area that happened to be from Brazil, which is where our nanny was from. And they all became friends and it almost became like this like daycare where like all the kids were together and all the nannies were together. So all these kids like weren't socializing or seeing anybody else during COVID and like you know, for ye- the years of COVID, yeah. like Brooke and the little boy and her nanny Sharon, our nanny were like seeing other kids and other nannies. And she was exposed to just so much more than we would have exposed her to at mm-hmm. home. So yeah. it ended up being such a wonderful, wonderful experience. That's awesome. Cause that was a big fear, mm-hmm. at least for Ryan and I with Ruth. Was like, <coughs> it's COVID. She's not going to know any other children for the longest <laughs> time. <laughs> But then we ended up daycare, but it was a big, it's a big deal during COVID. Yeah. Social exposure and stuff. That's awesome. So we have another random question for you. Okay. You waited to find out your baby's genders. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because that sounds so fun. So yes, with Brooke, our first, Scott was really, really adamant that he did not want to know the gender. And I'm a type A person and like to prepare and know everything and have everything done a certain way. But I was like, okay, like I'll let him have this. And we also were living in an apartment at the time. So we couldn't really go crazy, like decorating the room. That made me feel a little better where I was like, okay, I don't need to like make everything look a certain way. I'm just going to take this as it comes. Um, I will say we got a lot of brown and yellow and gray clothes, (laughs) which was it's less than desirable for either gender when you actually have the gender um, <laughs> that you know, but, but it was kind of exciting to not know. And all these people are trying to guess. And, and I actually think people are even more excited when you do have a child. Cause they're like, but what they have yeah. um, to this big announcement to give, like, not only did I have this kid, but I had a boy or I had a girl and with Brooke, I was convinced I was having a boy, like random strangers would come up to me and say, Oh, you're having a boy. Mm. And I was like, well, these people must know what they're talking. (laughs) (laughs) So when she was born, I was completely, completely shocked. Um, it was crazy. 
And it was funny too, because the doctor said to Scott, like, okay, announce it. And Scott's like, ah, because I think, I mean, (laughs) I couldn't really see much, but I think it's kind of (laughs) crazy. You're trying to look and figure things out and there's a lot going on. Uh, So yeah, that was very exciting. Now with Jake, we decided that we didn't want to know because it was so much fun with Brooke not knowing in the end. But after the anatomy scan, I got the report electronically and I opened it, which I don't know, maybe I never did that with Brooke, but I assumed I was just reading what they looked for in the anatomy scan. And it even said on there, does not want to know gender. And then right below that, it said gender male. No. (laughs) Yes. And I, I was laying in bed by myself and I saw that and I was like, oh my God what, what do I do with this information? Oh my gosh. I, I felt like I weighed 500 pounds. It was such a weird feeling like this huge weight on me because I had such big information that I couldn't do anything with. And literally for the next week, every time I made a phone call, I was like, okay, I could tell this friend, she doesn't live here. She doesn't really talk to Scott. Like, let me just tell this one person and get it off my chest. And I kept somehow holding back and not telling anyone. I didn't even tell people that I knew, like I didn't tell a soul anything. (laughs) And eventually like, you know, then it was 25 weeks and I still didn't send anything and 30 weeks. And I'm like, okay, I'm putting the secret in. Okay. I think I can keep going. But Scott started panicking that we didn't have a good girl's name. And inside I'm like, it doesn't matter. We're not having a girl, but I have to like support him on everything because he doesn't know that I know. And I'm like oh panicking God. too. Like, oh, we got to find a girl's name. Like, let's get the book out every night. Let's look through this book for hours. And then, um, you know, I go into labor. I'm at the hospital. It was a crazy, it was a fast labor overall, but that's a whole story too, which I can get into <laughs> if you want. But basically I got the epidural like 30 minutes before Jake was born and it didn't oh take gosh. effect. So yeah. I was feeling everything and it was not, wonderful and (laughs) it was was pretty painful so I literally give birth to Jake and like couldn't talk or really do anything for several minutes after he was born like I was just trying to control my breathing and like come back to a state of normalcy yeah and finally the first thing I said when I actually could talk was I was like Scott I knew the gender the whole time because <laughs> he was shocked he was like oh my god a boy a boy and I said that he's like that's probably actually the most impressive thing of this whole <laughs> is that you were able to keep that secret for so long um which it really was crazy I'm not a good secret keeper so yeah <laughs> turned over a new leaf but um, it was, it was fun and exciting and I'm glad I was able to keep it a secret from Scott. So he still had that moment. And then all our friends did too. I mean, I don't think probably half the people I know don't even know that I ever knew the gender. That's so That's funny. Fun. Yeah. You are so much better than I would be yeah. because I don't think I could, I would, it would have busted out of me like that second. <laughs> Oh, that's so yeah, cool. it was hard. It was really hard. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. I maybe would have lasted a week or I would have told yeah. Kim. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, when Brooke was born and you found out she was a girl, like what was that feeling like? 
I really wanted a girl. Mm. And, you know, when you don't know the gender, people are like, what do you want to have? And you're like, I just want a healthy kid because really you just want a healthy child. Right. And I felt like if I said I wanted one or the other, I was like, what if I'm not having that? And then like Mm. somehow that baby knows that I, I, I want the other gender and like, I don't want this baby to feel bad or not wanted or anything like that, which I know is crazy to think, but I was really concerned with like the guilt of admitting that I wanted a girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I had her, I, I mean, I was like hysterically crying. I couldn't believe it. Um, I was really happy. Yeah. Did you feel like not knowing the gender, like impacted your guys's bond? Um, Like during pregnant, like while you were pregnant? Yes. And that was my hesitation actually with Jake of waiting to find out the gender. Um, I, I even, you know, several weeks in, cause I didn't find out his gender until 20 weeks. I had said to Scott at one point, I was like, maybe we should find out the gender just so I connect more with the baby because with Brooke, we didn't know what we were having. And we kept just saying it, it. And, you know, if you know the gender, a lot of times people even give the baby a name beforehand. Yeah. So you can at least use a she or he or a name. And I felt like it, I didn't really connect to the baby in the womb mm-hmm. when I was having yeah. Brooke and I blamed it on the gender. I don't know if that really was the reason why yeah. or not. Um, but even with Jake, like I couldn't embrace that. I knew it was a boy because I was afraid I, that would, that would then cause me to accidentally say that it was a Slip boy. Out. Yeah. But I was like, am I connecting a little more? Because I know like that, that always was in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> did you have, how did you prepare for them? Like not knowing their gender. Cause I know like for me, as far as like, getting the clothes and having things washed and prepped like I'm very type a so I feel like not knowing I would feel really like in limbo and then having to go and buy all of these clothes what was that so you got a lot of gender neutral clothes we got a lot of gender neutral clothes that I honestly returned a lot of (laughs) that's smart (laughs) yeah which that was feasible with one child Mm-hmm. Um, after having Jake and then having two children, it was not so feasible for me to just like go to a store and return something like that yeah. really takes a lot, <laughs> a lot of effort. Uh, but yeah, I think especially with the first baby that people give a lot of gifts, like after the child is born. So we yeah. had some friends that gave us hand-me-downs or it just felt like a lot of clothes were coming in. And I guess girls are so exciting to shop for that. Like my mother-in-law <laughs> was giving lots mm-hmm. of clothes to us all the time. So it actually ended up being fine in that sense. I mean, we had a lot of gender neutral, like sleep sacks and stuff like that, but that part doesn't, didn't matter as much. Jake definitely wears like some pink sleep sacks here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he definitely doesn't get as many like new nice things, but yeah, we still, with Brooke, we still got a lot of things after that were definitely girly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's true though. Like girls clothes are so much more fun to buy and they're so much cuter than the boys yeah. clothes. I don't know if you feel like that, like after having Jake, but finding sure. clothes for Logan that are cute is very hard or just clothes in general is very yeah. hard to find for a boy. I completely agree. I, I think I might've even asked on Instagram where people get their clothes for boys because I, I was very lost with getting clothes for him. And I said to my husband, like, I really like hand-me-downs. Like I, 
I would just take people's hand-me-downs, you know, the ones yeah. that the style I like, if they're not too like raggedy, of course, yeah. but it's so much easier than you just mm-hmm. have all these clothes to choose from. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Luckily we had a, we have a friend who their son was a couple months older or is a couple months older than Logan. So by the, and he's a, he, he's just a tall kid. So he'd grow out of his clothes a lot faster so like 90% of his wardrobe was from this little boy and it saved us so much time and effort and money and yes. give me all the hand-me-downs I love. And it right, felt like... it's not just... <laughs> no, I loved it because it felt like I was going shot. It was like Christmas when I got to see this yeah. back. I was like, look at this one and this one. and Exactly. Right. It's not just the money. It's literally like the time and effort. And then it mm-hmm. is just exciting to get these clothes. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And then you get to throw them all in the wash and fold them. And it's like exciting. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I will say, so after I found out the gender, at some point I started going through Brooke's clothes um, and packing stuff up, like things that I would keep in case we ever have a third child. I'm not sure that's happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two, is really, two is really hard. Yeah. Um, but packing up like the stuff that I like to keep and I got rid of, so many clothes because a I knew we didn't need them right we weren't having a girl yeah right. I was like if I don't love these clothes I'm not holding on to them and I had these two huge bags outside of the door and Scott's like are you crazy he's like we're about to have a child <laughs> and, and my mom like months later she was like I should have known when you got rid of those clothes she's like no one would have gotten rid of clothes <laughs> Unless they knew they didn't need them. I was like, yeah, that was that was probably not the smartest move on my part. But yeah. Oh my god. So funny. Yeah. Oh man. So you your Instagram page is known for helping out with products. So what for you are the two must-have baby products? So it's funny, I was just talking to Scott about this um right before we started talking because there's so many things. And I feel like if you catch me on like any given day, I'd have a different answer. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I will say with having the second child, especially, but even before then, we loved the slumber pod. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. A friend had told me about it and I was kind of like, I don't know, this thing seems crazy. Like putting your kid in a tent, I'm not sure. But we started using it with Brooke on every vacation that we had to share a room with her and we actually the first time we used it was at my parents house we had her sleeping in the foyer so Uh she wasn't even in a a room she was literally in the foyer so we were it's a one-story house in florida so everything's kind of centralized yeah (laughs) and she slept amazingly well in it and then um with jake he was sharing for a while and then now he's back in our room for a little bit because he started rolling. So he's waking up a little bit because he can't figure out how to roll back. But when he was in Brooke's room and now when he's in our room, so both in the crib and in the pack and play, we've used the slumber pod and it's amazing. Like you can literally talk and have the lights on. And I think that with children, (laughs) Mm -hmm. their age, you actually can talk more than you realize and they don't wake up. It's just the light that's disruptive. Yeah. So it's not that the slumber pod does not get rid of noise. It does not block out noise. But the fact that it blocks out the light, I think is enough that the child just is in their own environment. And then also you just feel more comfortable to talk. 
come in can do it a little more freely than you would ever have dreamt you could have if they were not covered by a tent. Yes. Um, and with having him in Brooke's room, the other reason we had him in the slumber pod is because we were nervous that like, what if she wanted to put a blanket on him or like do something right. nice that really was dangerous. And yeah, we were scared that she would accidentally like touch him or bother him. So it acted as a barrier. So yeah. it had like a dual purpose and it has just been a lifesaver for us this time around. Yeah. And then the other thing I would say is probably like the Haka or the LV curve, which is what I use this time around. Uh-huh. Um, so that's obviously in a different train of thought, especially it only applies to people who are nursing or pumping, but being able to collect a supply of milk without actually having to pump yeah. for me was really valuable because the pumping does just take up so much time and effort and then cleaning everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a stress-free way to get some extra milk. But I have a yes. million more products that I could talk about. That I, <laughs> <laughs> I know we did I so our, <laughs> we did our like baby product review like a couple weeks ago and we picked our top 10 and even that was hard because there were so many more that were like so there's many. top 10 but then these other 10 that you really should have that we really love but yes. I heard about the slumber pod from you actually <laughs> and I remember and it was I think while I was still pregnant and I wanted to get it but it was sold out for you know there was that yes. like it was sold out for ever and so we would uh, go to Palo Alto for all of Logan's cleft appointments all the time. And we would get like a blackout curtain and like thumbtack it. And we would try and like stick him in a closet or a bathroom. And sometimes we would hang out in the bathroom because, you know, we we're just he needed to sleep. And that was awful. And so by the time Slumber Pod finally got back into stock, it was like, finally, like we can breathe, like we can like travel comfortably and that yes. was like the best thing that ever happened to us is that slumber pod for mm. sure. Wow. <laughs> so thank That's you for awesome. that because we <laughs> love the slumber pod even. I mean, we use it all the time. It is definitely, I would also say one of my favorite products. That wow. and the hatch. Yeah. Oh, the hatch is good too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The hatch is good. Oh, that makes me so happy that you love the slumber pod. I love hearing that people like the things that I recommend. I'm like, great. <laughs> yes. Yep. No, yeah. That slumber yeah. pod's great. And then, like you were saying, like even just not for travel, just having in your home, Rowan lived yeah. in his for like three or four months for like the same purpose. Like he's in our room. We need to actually still live. Right. Like having the older kid come in and not disturb them. Like it's a, it's a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love and they just came out with a 3.0. <laughs> they, yes, they did. <laughs> they did. I saw that this morning. <laughs> Do you guys know the difference with this one? Has anyone looked into it? it yeah, has... they posted a video this morning. I haven't seen it. Oh, no. It's it's not that different, but it has like another ventilation window and a different pocket oh, for the oh. fan and updated monitor pouch. So little yeah. nuances. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See? So if you're listening to this, you should check out the slumber pod. And Jackie has a code. So use that code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy with a little help. Dollar sign 20. <laughs> there we go, people. Yes. Yeah, save money and get the best product out there. <laughs> yeah. Love it. 
Well, Jackie, awesome. where can people find you? You kind of just like gave a little bit, but where can people find you and your amazing page? So the best spot is definitely on Instagram. My account is at buy with a little help, B-U-Y, buy with a little help. And yeah, feel free to message me or reach out to me. That's definitely the best way or buy with a little help at gmail.com. Beautiful. Perfect. Yes. Everybody run to that page because it has definitely (laughs) helped us a lot. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We had so much fun just getting to learn a little bit more about you. It's been great. great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you it just so has much so for having me. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. And it's just solidified that, like, as moms, we're not alone. Like, <laughs> we're walking different seasons of life. And we have different kids and experiences and jobs and all of that. But, like, at the core, like, our experiences as mothers are very similar. And we are overwhelmed yes. and overworked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but filled with love. But yes, it's not always absolutely. easy. And that's okay, too. But there's a great yeah. community of people out there. And it really helps to hear that other people have struggles too. It really does. Definitely. (laughs) Join the club. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. And everybody go follow Jackie. Yes. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.